0: Hello and welcome back to the Pinstripe Podcast, I'm your host, Scott, I'm doing it solo this week, it's a chaotic week, it's a special episode, there's a bunch going on, episode 100, probably the most crazy episode we could possibly have, I'm doing it solo, it's gonna be a little weird, uh, but I promise I'll try to make this episode go somewhat quick, cause I know that hearing my voice for however long I'll be doing this can get a little annoying, but... I'll move quickly, not too quickly, but, you know, get things out of the way. So, best way to describe this past week, and by the way, I'm recording this on Wednesday night at 8.20pm is the starting time, so I'm missing every transaction that happens Thursday and probably one Yankee transaction that's going to happen at 1130 tonight, so just keep in mind that throughout the episode. This week has been like the trade deadline, simplest way to put it. There has been so many news things happening and so many trades, so many deals, so many signings, all happening within the last six days that it is honestly, I, I would say this a bunch, I hated the lockout. But I love this time of baseball. I love this actual, this absolute chaos and just constant notifications. This guy's signing here. This guy's signing here. Hey, I've never heard of this guy, but cool. He's signing with the the Cardinal or something like that. Um, and the trades and everything like that. And so there's, there's so much chaos, and I enjoy that. I'm having so much fun watching that and, you know, seeing all these names, seeing all these things happen in such a short amount of time. And I'd hate to ever have to go through the lockout again, but I very much enjoy what's happening right now. But before we get into the actual in-depth of the of all the transactions that's happened, I want to talk one thing about minor league and then focus a little on the Yankees, and then that will kind of lead us into all of the transactions that's happened. So to start off with the minor leagues, um, there has been a judge that ruled that major League that major League Baseball violated wage law for minor leaguers. Uh, a ESPN article then kind of goes into detail about how the MLB did not comply with California wage statement requirements, which awarded the players a total of 1.8, like 1.88 to a $1 million dollars, um, in penalties. So, screw you, MLB. That's what you get for paying nothing to these hardworking athletes. So, a little short thing there. Again, we are always pro minor, minor leaguers here. We know, we, we watch the struggle all the time in Somerset. We know how it's like and, you know, these these hardworking athletes deserve the most and they deserve what they, they you know, their skill is and they just have been getting absolutely just you know shit on for the past long time now and you know it's good to see them start to to get recognized and get their worth but now we're going to switch to the major leagues focus on the yankees a little bit and before we get into the big trade the big signing that happened i want to talk about a very a very small possibility that is a bit scary And that is the idea that there is a chance that Aaron Judge cannot play the entire year, already known. So, of course, Aaron Judge is pretty well-known for injuries already. Um, But he can miss, already probably can miss the beginning of the season. And if he doesn't comply to a certain thing, can miss up to 90 games total. And that is being vaccinated. So I don't know if it's factual that he's not vaccinated or if it's just rumored that he's not vaccinated, but that has been somebody who has been mentioned on the Yankees who is not vaccinated. And for those who don't know, this isn't an MLB rule that you have to be uh, vaccinated. The rule applies to New York. And so, as I said, Aaron Judge is not the only one really on the team or in New York as a whole that has to worry about this but he is kind of the biggest name but back to the whole issue is the idea that New York requires all workers to be vaccinated to go back to work you need to be vaccinated and there's the rumors or truth I don't know exactly what it is that Aaron Judge is not vaccinated and what that will put into. And honestly, I'm saying Aaron Judge because that's the big name, but this really applies to any MLB player who comes to New York or any New York Met, New York Yankee who isn't vaccinated. New York requires workers to be vaccinated, and if you're not, you cannot work. This is the same thing that's happening um, in Brooklyn with the Nets and Kyrie. He is not vaccinated and he's not allowed to play because you count as a worker in New York if you are playing there. And so Aaron Judge could go to, or whoever this is, I'm going to say Aaron Judge, keep it as a as a person, but he could go to a game and watch it as a spectator, but cannot play in it. And so he could miss all, if he doesn't get vaccinated, he could miss every home game for the season, which would be 90 games. And this also, I'm pretty sure, applies to any away team also coming here to play. They need to be vaccinated unless they cannot play in New York. Um, which, again, I think that's... Honestly, not surprising if Aaron Judge has to go and miss a few games for, you know, his reasons. It's normal, but it is kind of just a worry. Um, Especially, like, I hadn't heard much about it. Um, Of course, I knew the New York City rule, but, like, nobody's really bringing attention to it, which is why I'm not overly hyping this up and kind of putting it here at the beginning and then going to continue on the rest of the episode. Because I don't know all that much behind it. But I do know the whole city of New york has has their laws and whatever new york athlete needs to be vaccinated unless they cannot play in New york they could still go and play at other stadiums they just cannot play in the state of New york because they'd be a new york worker but anyways to the fun stuff this week there's been quite a lot there's been quite a lot and that is honestly lowballing it to say that there's been quite a lot. Let's start it off with a simple one. Actually, neither of the ones for the Yankees are simple. Let's start with the sad one. Let's reach touch some emotions. There's been a trade. As most people have seen, Gary Sanchez and Jerrochilla have been moved to the Minnesota Twins in exchange for Josh Donaldson, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, and Gonna not say this last name right. Um Ben Rordfed. It's an interesting trade. I I kind of understand it, kinda of like it, kinda of hate it. And I think I've seen the same thing from everybody. Everybody's every single New York Yankee fan is so sad that Gio left. You know, it's it's tough that he has to that he has to get traded. But Gary got traded. I mean <laughs> Happy about that. We don't have to worry about him anymore. But we also got Josh Donaldson, and so it's a it's a it's a very ride of emotion right now. But you know, Geo, hope the best for you. Honestly, Gary, I hope the best for you as well. Of course, we're not trying to hate on people all that much here. Maybe Lexi, we'll see what she has to say when when she comes back. A trade happened there. Isaiah Keener for Leffa a kind of a left in a left side infielder and has split time on the left side and catching was a ranger i think he signed or got traded to the twins after the season and then now he's already traded away again um josh donaldson somebody pretty similar he's been kind of tossed around the last few years has played in cleveland uh of course he played in toronto uh, and then I think this was his one year he had in Minnesota, and now he's also already traded. And then um, Rortfed is a I think a 21 year old catcher who had a few appearances in the uh, in the majors, didn't really hit too well, but still is a young catcher that we can use a lot of. And so the simple breakdown of this trade is we lost Gio, who was great defensively, okay offensively. Uh, we lost Gary, who was our starting catcher, and that's always tough to lose a starting catcher, especially when you don't have a backup, who's very good. Um, sorry, uh, Higashioka, we love you, but you're not a starter, and we gained a very good, a pretty good, I should say, offensive bat in Donaldson, who is also a little bit older, I don't like it, I think he's like 31, um... He's relatively older. Isaiah Keener-Falefa is a great utility player, but is a true utility player, not a Tyler Wade utility player who you really just use him um, offensively, and the defense is kind of lacking. Isaiah Keener-Falefa, IKF, however you want to say it. I love to say Keener-Falefa. I just love that name, Um, (laughs) is a very valid defensive player, and I think that he'll have a good time here. And, of course, uh, Roadfed Ro... Again, don't Dono Rortved, I think that's how you say it, uh, is a young catcher and probably going to pull him up relatively quickly to get him reps because, again, Higashioka just isn't a starting catcher and we cannot rely on him purely behind the plate for every game, especially with his arm just being extremely inconsistent. You know, he's great blocking, but he... We'll just allow every single base runner to, to get an extra bag Next one Sticking with the Yankees We got Anthony Rizzo back Anthony Rizzo was signed for a Two year 32 million dollar deal This was just last night And You know it's Again mixed emotions Goods, bads Indifferent Good part We got Anthony Rizzo back Anthony Rizzo is not at all somebody to complain about during the year. We loved him. He did great personality-wise. He did great defensively. did great offensively. I mean, I don't know if we ever at all on this podcast shit on Anthony Rizzo while he's here. uh, Because, again, defensively he's been elite. Offensively, he brought he brought an offensive approach that you don't see on this team of being defensive and not just going and swing for the fences, being able to go and take a two strike count, poke it over the first baseman, all that stuff. But we now have him for two years. I think he has an opt out after the first year if he wants to. This also puts everything else in a weird situation. So picking up Anthony Rizzo means that we are no longer in the market for Freddie Freeman, who has to this moment. Now it's 8.32 p.m. on Wednesday. Have yet to see where Freddie Freeman signs. Uh, The Dodgers are a strong number one. Um, I've heard the the Padres, I think, are up there as well. So I feel like most teams are up there because it's Freddie Freeman. And, you know, you're not just going to pass up on being able to get a, a player like that. I don't really get why the Dodgers are doing it. I guess they're doing it so... You know, they can have Max Muncy as a DH because now there's universal DH. Hi, this is a post-production Scott here. Um, It is now uh, 1249 a.m. Thursday morning, technically, Um, but Freddie Freeman has signed. He signed with the Dodgers, so I still mentioned a few times uh, that he hasn't been signed, but he has been Uh, six years, $162 million with the Dodgers, which puts him, quite the bag, quite the bag with them, and quite a long time with them, Um, but we'll see what he does uh, now, as I say here, Max Muncy, DH probably, but uh, yeah, thank you, enjoy the rest of the episode. We'll see what happens, we still have time, but along with picking up Rizzo, that also leaves Luke Voigt in a weird situation of what we're going to do with him, because of course we have uh, an interesting situation still with our outfield of... Judge in and Gallo and then we just picked up Lacastro and we have Hicks and we have Gardner I'm pretty sure still. Um do we still have Gardner? I'm thrown off of if we still have Gardner. I'm pretty sure we do. And I'm pretty sure he said this next year his last year. But I forget. And I'm going to sound stupid to everybody who knows this, but I promise I just don't remember. Um <laughs> I also it's 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 Gardner so like we don't have too much care for him right now but if we do that you know we could have the outfield that we if if, with the pickup of Rizzo we can go and have a similar outfield that we had for like I don't know 12 games during the season of Gallo and left judge and center uh Stanton and right or I think Stanton and Gallo might have switched a few times um which would be a very good outfield I mean of course you have a massive outfield whatever they're all over like 610 or something I'm no, I don't think it was 6'10". I think it was all six two six. No, I think it was way more than that. I don't know what it was, but they were a massive outfield. I think it's 6'5". That sounds right. That sounds right. 6'5". Sounds right. Um. But, you know, we'll, we'll see when the season comes around, what we'll do with Voight. I think as well we could split time Voight and Rizzo with, you know, lefty, righty, who's pitching, who's playing better in the situation. And this will affect probably how Voight judges his contract next season. I'm pretty sure he is... I think he he actually might just be arbitration available. Um, But he is, you know, he's some guy that we've always talked about, a possible trade, and with that signing, still a possible trade. So he's in his first year um, of being eligible for arbitration. He's not actually a free agent until 2025. But you know, we threw this question around during the season, literally, I think throughout the entire season, even without um, when we had Rizzo. What are we going to do with Voight? Do we trade him? He had, of course, a very good 2020. His past 2021 has been averaged. Eh. Again, splitting time. So, didn't look beautiful. But the Yankees have to see that, make a decision on him because his value is going to start to decline because he just won't be hitting as well and he just won't show it as much if he he doesn't get as much playing time. But that's just for the Yankees. Now let's get into the fun stuff. And I really mean fun stuff. And this is going to get quite chaotic. I normally would have a little bit of a format for this of, you know, connecting teams to where they go. There are so many... people who have signed that i'm just going to go straight down the list give like a maybe a 30 second reaction carlos rodon signs with a two-year 44 million dollar deal with the san francisco giants the san francisco giants are officially terrifying especially with that with that lineup of wood and now rodon hopefully rodon can go and stay healthy another year he did extremely well last year the hope is just having it up two years in a row. And, you know, this is a, a, a team that, of course, already showed that they're extremely good, and adding another pitcher to that lineup will be crazy, um, although they did lose Chris Bryant, which we'll get to in a second. Clayton Kershaw signs a simple one-year deal um, with, back with the Dodgers. I think it's one-year $13 million or $30 million. I forget which one. And if those are very large numbers to be different. Um, I think that this is kind of a, a close closing end for Kershaw. He's 33 right now. I think he's closing off on his career, wanting to stick a Dodger his entire time. But normally when you see one-year deals, is kind of what's going to happen. Andrelton Simmons signed with the Cubs. And I kind of knew that Raiders right just happened Things really got shaken up because the expectation was, first of all, I said that we could get an, uh, Andrelton Simmons, although that would be a pretty good idea as the Yankees because um, then we'd kind of have a shortstop for a few years and we'd get rid of him. And the Cubs were one of the leaders for Carlos Correa. And so I was like, maybe, maybe we're going to be a top dog for Correa now. And I mean, I, I hate that, but I love that because, again, Correa is an absolute baller. But we say this almost every time that we mention him, we don't need a, a seven-year shortstop. We need a two-year shortstop. Um, and so, on. Anderton Simmons, again, as we've compared, pretty average, a little bit above average, getting late in his career shortstop. Cubs are still kind of in a re- rebuilding phase, so we'll see what they do with him. UC Kikuchi, the Mariners all-star pitcher who fell off at the end of the year, has now signed a three-year deal to the Toronto Blue Jays, which, again, gives the Blue Jays an extreme, extreme rotation. Already, of course, have Robbie Ray, Jose Perrios. They're just absolutely locked in, and they get a few more along this weekend. Um, So we'll get to that in a second and then have their whole rotation, and they'll be lethal. Mr. Joe Kelly, you know, the infamous Joe Kelly, on the move to Chicago, the White Sox this time. It's gonna be it. That's a that's an interesting combo of emotions out there in Chicago. I think that's just the bad boys of Chicago now. Of course, what you know, if Tim Anderson, you have Liam Hendricks, you have that's a scary team. And I mean, Joe Kelly again, not an elite top tier pitcher, but. A solid additive to that team, especially because they have a wasted contract of Dallas Keuchel, so they kind of need to go and um, you know start start moving around their pitching rotation. And Joe Kelly, still very solid of a pitcher, and just they're gonna have a lot of fun over there. And I'm kind of kind of interested in how it's gonna go. Chris Bassett, a their number the number two number one number two for the A's last year is on the move also to New York. And that's the Mets, of course. Again, another another solid add to the rotation now with you know, they have Stroman, they have DeGrom or wait, no, they don't have Stroman. I just realized I forgot that Stroman just went to the Cubs. Um but they have, you know, DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett, um, and, I mean that's that's a solid one, two, three. Very solid 1-2-3. A lot better than the Mets have had in the past. Which actually shows that maybe this team could do something. Maybe this team has a future. Um, nah. Um, Alex Colomay uh, gets signed to a one-year contract by the Rockies. Um, I'm going to be honest. I Colomay is a, is a familiar name, but I, I can't tell you much about him. Um, he was last year in Minnesota. He's just a familiar name, and I don't think he was a big name because I really didn't see many people post about him, but thought to bring it up. Mr. Sonny Gray. I guess you could count this as Yankee News because he was a Yankee. Sonny Gray is going from the Reds to the Twins in exchange for Chase Petty, and I think there's a few more things added in there and taken away. What I think is funny about this is... I saw a TikTok the other day after these trades have happened, this one and the Geo and Gary one, and I saw a TikTok from the twins and they like, oh, look at all these players. They tell us their favorite emojis and Gio was there and Sonny was there and all of the comments were just like, oh, Gio, oh, Sonny. It was just really funny that it was just all fans of the past teams finding their players And just, you know, feeling sad that they left. Uh, But, again, it's trade, so it's all just good emotions. It's good, sad emotions of, oh, you're moving on. Nelson Cruz signs with the Nationals. Interesting thing as well. A one-year deal with them. Old man Cruz from the Rays who helped them a lot. um, But the Rays also were already helping themselves a lot. Cruz just kind of gave him a nice boost. Now goes to the Nationals. I'm interested in the breakdown of that because they're the Nationals and they have nobody but Juan Soto maybe maybe Nelson Cruz wants to go and buddy up with was Juan Sh- well wow, with Juan Soto and just like, you know, have a home run derby over in uh, in Washington, but we'll see, we'll see. Matt Olson was signed to the Braves. Again, this was in the same breath of before with Rizzo, where I thought that, you know, Rizzo's off the board for us. Rizzo's not just off the board for us. I mentioned that he's, or not Rizzo, wow. Freeman is off the board for us, and I said that he's probably going to um, the Dodgers. And this is why, because this happened as well with uh, Matt Olsen being picked up by the Braves. And, of course, clearly this has happened before Freddie Freeman signed so it was it was a rough it was a rough reaction um, so they signed they sign Matt Olson that's a giant giant red flag across the league of them being out of the race for Freeman and you know it was kind of a shock for everybody brace fans, baseball fans um, Freddie Freeman himself so it was really just a shock across the league. To see them pick him up before Freddie Freeman decides to sign somewhere else. But I mean, they, they're moving on. The Braves are moving on. Which is is rough. And you see a lot of people having reactions to that. I think Dansby Swanson went and said nobody should wear number 5 again. Because Freeman did do a lot. I mean, you talk to any Braves fan. They're like, he was a part of that rebuild. He was the only part of that rebuild that was still on the team. And... You know, that's that's all they'll remember him as and now they can't get mad at Freeman for signing somewhere else. I mean I don't think anybody would get mad at Freeman for signing somewhere else because you know, it's Freddie Freeman, you can't get mad at him. But now he's forced to, to, to move move on with his life, go elsewhere. Which still is gonna be it's gonna be interesting when that finally does come out. And again, we have two big contracts still, at least two big contracts of Freeman and Correa are still out on the lawn. Along with that, Trevor Story still out there, Nick Castellanos is still out there, Jorge Soler and Kenley Jansen, all still free agents, and you know it's it's going to be going to be interesting to see. The Mariners made a trade with the Reds as well. Uh, This one sent Enquino Suarez and Jesse Winker to Seattle in exchange for Justin Dunn, Brandon Williamson, Jake Fraley. That's a solid... That that is a big trade from the Reds. They just gave up Winker, who was an all-star, and Suarez, who was still a very good DH hitter. and, And now, I mean, it's the Mariners, so they're already in the AL. But that's a very... Good DH, and you just gave up two of like they gave up two of those top players, I think, for three pitching prospects, if I'm right. Um, but it's the Mariners are really, really trying to make a run as well this year. And I mean, they were so close last year, they're really just trying to get that push over with the addition of Ray as well. The Brewers signed Andrew McCutcheon. I don't know if there's much to talk about there. Um, you know, McCutchen is is kind of getting to the the end of his career, but you know, he's still doing things. Everybody loves him as well. There's not a lot of there's not a lot to to hate about him. Um, but you know, just a nice little thing to add. Um, I don't know how much they'll help. How much they'll help the Brewers? Um, of course, their biggest question mark is still Christian Yelich. As they have their pitching locked in, they just need to get Yelich down and then everything else will kinda come together. Willie Domus still out there at short Colton Wong, I think, is in center, so I'm curious of what they're gonna do exactly with with him, but you know, we'll see. We'll see. Um so not only did they sign did the Braves sign Matt Olsen, they then almost a day later. Extended him eight years. An eight-year, 1.68... Or one, uh, an eight-year, sorry. Eight-year, $168 million extension. So not only did they say fuck you to Freddie Freeman by signing Matt Olsen, but they also said fuck you, Freddie Freeman. We're going to keep Matt Olsen. Absolutely, like, added to the damage, and I can't imagine... I, I want to know, like... Freddie Freeman doesn't, like, Freddie Freeman doesn't get mad, but I'd be pretty damn mad if I was Freddie Freeman, because this was your town, this was your city, this was who you knew, and now they're just, they're just kicking you out, you didn't even get get an option, I mean, you did get an option, but, like, if you got shitted out of an option, like, come on, okay, Braves. We also see Kyle Schwarber, who was traded in the middle of the season to the Red Sox and did extremely good against the Yankees, now trade to the Phillies. So as a first baseman, I always forget who the Phillies' first baseman is, if it's Bohm or if it's the other person. Um, But, you know, I thought Phillies kind of already have their first baseman, so he might be used as well for a DH. And that's part of all these pickups is people are looking for DHs. So you go and you, you I mean the NL doesn't need to have to put a, a shitty defense defensive player out for the purpose of having that, their bat the lineup. They now can add these people and just throw them at the DH spot. And I think that's probably what the Phillies are looking to do with Kyle Schwarber is be able to just go and throw him in the DH spot and you still have your relatively young infield setup. Except DD, but um Seiya Suzuki are uh, signed to Chicago as well for a five-year, $85 million deal. I always forget who Seiya Suzuki is. Um, If I'm right, I'm pretty sure this is uh, looking at his career in Japan. Outfielder, third baseman, shortstop so far he's played since 2013 in the league is batting batted sorry i should say batted um 309 or er, sorry he yeah, he batted 309 at all levels slugged 541 so a very big threat and very interesting that the cubs picked him up um this was a mix of being in just foreign leagues um mostly in Japan, but, you know, you won't know until you see, you see who he, like, you know, what, what happens, and this is the guy I was thinking about, this is the Seiya Suzuki, I wasn't sure, I, I forgot the name of him, but I remember talking about him, and seeing all, like, you know, what he's been doing, anyways, we gotta keep moving, we gotta really move, um, Blue Jays picked up Matt Chapman, so Blue Jays are really trying to add to their team. But along with them adding Matt Chapman, that puts a weird spot of their third baseman. Uh, You know, Kevin Biggio was, I think, their number one, and then they switched it up at the end of the year. And so Kevin Biggio went from being a starter with, you know, that young group of um, veteran childs, children. Wow. Uh, The veteran children infield. um, And now he's kind of just off kind of he got pushed away. Um, I think he did have an injury last year, but still like the pickup of, of now Matt Chapman goes and puts probably Chapman at third, and Biggio's going to be gone. One of the final ones, and I mean this as in I'm going to do these last few very quickly. Eddie Rosario signs back for the Braves. Uh, Two-year, $18 million contract, which makes sense, I think. Um, Rosario, of course, amazing job in the playoffs, but besides that, really didn't do much during the season. Kind of an average player. And that was really why he got traded to the Braves in the first place. But they liked him. He did well there. Not going to complain. I think that's a pretty good pick. Um, the Royals picked up Amir Garrett, which means that we now get to see Javi Baez and Amir Garrett go out even more this year which is going to be great. But, I mean, again, Amir Garrett had a good year. uh, I think two years ago last year really didn't do much. uh, So, it really wasn't that big of a deal there. Um, One of the most fun ones, Zach Cranky signs back with the Royals as well. Um, A one-year contract. I think that's, again, a similar thing, closing out his career, going back to where he started. I think that's a really touchy thing. I think that's really cool, um, especially because, you know, I, I really like Zach Granke because um, he's just a weird pitcher. But to go and see him sign back with the team that drafted him and he won a Cy Young 4 is pretty cool. And, uh, you know, I, I think it'll be it'll be a fun little throwback. Um, the Giants Signed Jock Peterson as well so they co- picked up Carlos Rodon and then Jock Peterson so Peterson from what I know I don't have the deal with me of what it was um, just that it was a pickup and I think that's why I think it's not fully ag- agreed to yet I think Jock Peterson is kind of just like verbally there. And they're like, they're still agreeing on the contract. But finally, the last one and the big one. And to go along with San Fran and Jock Peterson being their new left fielder or probably right fielder and they're going to get moved around, Chris Bryant is now a Rocky, a seven year, $182 million deal with the Rockies. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, of course, Chris Bryant is just similar to most of these other guys who are getting contracts this year. You know, Seeger, he's a bit older than like Seeger and Correa, Simeon, and all of them. Um, but he got his big contract now. He's got his big contract, seven years in Colorado. Trevor Story is still on the board, as I said earlier. So. Maybe he'll have a nice shortstop, but right now, he is the only guy on that team. Um, Charlie Blackman still hasn't done much in about two years. So I feel bad for the guy, but, you know, he got his wins with the Cubs. He's got his wins with the Giants, and now he went for the bag. That's it. I got through all of the pickups that happened the past six days god that's a lot Um, but I do have a few more things I'm sorry I'm sorry I have a few more things just to add on right now two more to be um, exact number one is a new uh, a new possible addition to the all star game the idea was that the all star game will if it goes into extras will just be determined by home run derby cool thing Thing is cool. Can't wait to see it if it happens. We don't even know if it's going to happen. Boom. Done. Finally, some pretty big news as well to end it. Fernando Tatis fractured his wrist during the offseason, and he's heading to surgery that could take up to three months. So, Fernando Tatis was riding a motorcycle, fell off the motorcycle, and broke his wrist. So the guy had a hurt shoulder last year And now the face of the franchise Which they put, what, 11 years into now uh, Has a broken wrist And will be out for a few months But along with that The Padres could really screw him over And then go and sue him Um, Well, not sue him But void his contract Because he did um, uh, He did break their contract In operating a motor vehicle um, are operating a, a motorcycle, um, which could give a reason to avoid a contract if it's in the contract. Um, but the Padres decided against it for the purpose of they want to keep, like, you know, this friendly deal with him. They want to keep him around, which I understand. But at the same time, like, this guy has – also, barely been with you so far the past two years, and now we'll have what three seasons where he's yet four seasons where he's yet to hit, uh, play one sixty two, um, or even relatively close to that. I'm pretty sure. Um, I think last year he wasn't too far off. He might he might have gotten one hundred to one thirty, um, but along with that, Tatis just goes and says that he's not going to do it, and then you know to keep on accidents. There is also Pete Alonso got into an accident. Apparently, it was a fa- it was a possibly fatal accident, but he seemed to be Gucci from it, perfectly fine. And then just kind of made some news out of it. It was like, yeah, no, like my my car flipped. And they we're like, you just ain't bruised. he just like because well, I'm a polar bear. Those weren't words that he actually said. I didn't actually read what he said or listen to what he said, but that's kind of the gist of it. Um. <laughs> but yeah, spring training starts tomorrow. The games start tomorrow. We got baseball back tomorrow. I'm saying all of this on Wednesday. All of this stuff happened yesterday when this comes out. But baseball's here. Again, Story, Correa, Freeman. Still on the board. Still not taken. And at least we'll have some news for you next week as well. uh, Because all of it was taken this week. But yeah close out baseball's back we're playing ball new people new uniforms sunny state of Florida it's nice and warm down there let's watch some baseball let's have a good time season starts in just a month for the Pinstripe Podcast go make sure you follow us on Instagram at podcast. I have been Scott